So I'm just going to open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. No matter what's been going on in the world around us this week or our, or our own life, we thank you, Lord, that nothing can separate us from your love. We just dedicate this time to you today, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray, amen. So today we're finishing up the third part of the Bearing Fruit series. As we heard again this morning, the fruit of the Spirit isn't a coconut, but love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And that's what we'll continue to look over this week. And for those who are joining us at home, we have a special colouring activity, especially for the kids, because we know that some of the kids may have missed out on pebbles and jam today, so that can be found on the online resources. And of course, colouring is not just for kids, is it? It's for adults as well. So you're welcome to do it too, and maybe parents and the kids can do it together. And we'd love to see it. So if you do do it at home, feel free to email it back, and I'd love to put it up on my office wall as well and to see your colouring, so feel free to email it back to us. So last week we looked at joy, peace, patience, and kindness. How did you go of those ones? It's funny, isn't it? For me personally, maybe for you, when it's highlighted, you definitely get to see those growth areas, don't you? And praise God for his grace. And you know that we don't have to do it on our own. And the scripture we introduced at the start of a series highlights it. In John 15, verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Just going to read that one again. We'll have it up on the screen. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It's about abiding with our Heavenly Father. This is so exciting that we get to bear fruit. And the fruit that we get to bear is Christ-likeness. And as a church and as Christians, you know, that should be our goal. And as Christians and as churches, sometimes we get distracted with other things that are going on. With different things going around and things that we think we should be doing. But Christ-likeness should be our goal. Bearing his fruit in our life. And the fruit that we've been talking about is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, to 23, if you want to turn to me, turn with me in your Bibles. I'll just read it through. Galatians 5, to 23. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And it's so exciting because it's not us, as I've shared, but it's produced by the Holy Spirit. As we abide in the vine, not our own efforts, our relationship with God. On the first week when we shared about this, we heard a wonderful story about a branch. Does anyone remember the branch's name? Basil, that's right, Basil the branch. And, you know, he tried to make fruit on his own. And he tried and tried and he made all these funny noises and he couldn't do it because he was branch. When he realised that he was a branch and abided in the vine, 
grapes appeared. You know, it's the same with us. A reminder to abide in the vine with the Father. Another reminder about the fruit of the Spirit is the word, it's fruit. It's not plural, but it's one and indivisible. It's not fruits, but it's fruit. The Passion Translation sums it up really well. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. So it's love in all its expressions. And I love that, that it's love, because the world will know that we are his disciples by the love that we have for one another. You know, the greatest outreach we can do, the greatest evangelistic tool that we can have is by loving one another, by being Christ-like. So this week, we're on to the last part of the fruit. We're going to be looking at goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So which one are you needing in your life this week? Or at the moment, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which one do you need right now? This one we're going to look at is goodness. How are you going of goodness in your life? Goodness can be described as a life full of virtue. Goodness comes from the root word agafuseinu. A manifestation of kindness in action. It's virtue equipped for action. Both a willingness to do good and an action to do good. So it's like goodness inside and outside. And like all the fruit, this is an outworking of God in us. Of the goodness of God as we sung about this morning in us. You know, it can be challenging at times to show goodness, can't it? But we are called to show his goodness even in difficulty even in challenging times. And we are called to show goodness even when people aren't necessarily good to us. Romans 12, 21, which is a great scripture, one that I often remember and try to hold on to. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that speaks so strongly about this goodness that we're called to show you know, overcome is a word we often hear in the church and in our Christian lingo. We think about being an overcomer, being a conqueror's warfare, battle, victory, which it is. But being an overcomer is also about doing good with love because it goes hand in hand and it's one of our greatest weapons often think and pray for the persecuted church, which, which we, we do, and where being a believer means being persecuted greatly. But they have great testimonies. They stand in faithfulness to those around. But also, as they stand in their goodness, as they don't retaliate, but they do good to those around, as they care for their enemies, as they love, their, as they love those who are persecuting them, as they help those around them even those that are persecuting them. And, you know, that testimony of that goodness is so powerful and many see God's love through that and turn to him. You know, our circumstances here may not be the same, but there is so much things going on at the moment that we're being challenged by. Are we responding to these things in love by doing good? 
Are we overcoming the evil that we see in the world around with good? There's so many battles going on. Do we overcome evil with good? And even this week, with things we've seen on a global scale, we can feel so helpless. One of the things we're called to do is to pray. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The next part of a fruit is faithfulness. How are you going with faithfulness in your life? It can be described as faith that prevails. Are you faithful in your relationships with other people or do you give up easy? Because God never gives up on us. And we looked at that a few weeks ago when we looked at what love is and it talked about faithfulness in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 7. We read, love never gives up, it never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And when you read that, when I read that, it really turns it on its head, doesn't it? When we see how faithful God is to us. And do we do the same thing in our relationships with others? But what about our relationship with God? In our walk with God? Are we faithful in that? Because sometimes life can be challenging and difficult. And we get thrown many curveballs. Do we continue to be walk faithfully and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? Because he never gives up on us. And, you know, he's so good and faithful, as we've heard. So in those times, to look to him and let his love and faithfulness sustain us. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Where it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance for race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. Beside God's throne. And, you know, faithfulness also talks about what we do with our life, just as much as relationships. Are you faithful with, God, with what God has given you? The gift God has placed inside of you. Jesus told a parable in Matthew 25, a parable of the talents. Our master went away and gave three servants some money to look after. The first one, he gave five bags of silver. I'm paraphrasing here, but the first he gave five bags of silver, the second two bags of silver, the last one, one bag, dividing it into their abilities. The first servant invested it and earned five more. The second invested it and earned two more. But the last, he dug a hole and he hid it. When the master returned, he asked for them to give account. He praised the first two and gave them more responsibilities. However, the last who hid his, his money got given to the first. And Matthew 25, verse 29, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. It's a pretty challenging reminder. And it's a big reminder in faithfulness. 
What are we doing with a gift God has given us? Are we hiding it away or are we putting it to use? Because you are a gift. The church needs you and the world needs you. When I think about faithfulness, I think about a quote I heard. Don't quit because there are people you haven't met yet who are depending on you to stay the course. You know, that's so true. There are people you haven't met yet who are depending on you to stay the course. So continue to walk in that faithfulness. I'm reminded of many missionaries who in places for many years, it was difficult and seemingly dry, but what they planted reaped such a huge harvest for many to come. You know, we may not feel exactly the same way, but there are some of us here that may have been plugging away a long time at things for a long time, being faithful for many, many years, might be in prayer, might be in relationships, might be in serving, might be in a specific assignment that God has given us or in workplaces that you know you're placed in. Just want to encourage you this morning to not give up. Continue to be faithful. What you have sown will come to pass. Continue to abide in him and let his faithfulness sustain you. The next part of the fruit we're looking at this morning is gentleness. How are you going with gentleness? Are you a gentle person? It can be described as gentleness of heart or meekness, as some translation use. And you know, sometimes the word meekness can often be mistaken for weakness, and that's not true at all. Because meekness is about power and strength under control. Gentleness comes from the root word praotes, a disposition that is even-tempered, tranquil, balanced in spirit, unpretentious, and the passions are under control, level-headed and steady. That's something that we need, isn't it, in this world at the moment? Someone with this quality pardons injuries, corrects faults, and rules his own spirit well. Something maybe you need, we might need to see in the world around, maybe in your own life, especially when there's challenging situations or when people might be difficult or difficult circumstances. Philippians 4 is a chapter we've been looking at recently as well, our previous, and it provides a key. Philippians 4, verse 5. In the NIV, it says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So Philippians 4, 5, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And that's so powerful because we can have gentleness because the Lord is near. Because God is with us, we can have gentleness. So it's like even in the very storm that we are in, we can know that he is right here with us and everything around us and in us especially calms down because he is near, because he is with us and we can have the gentleness that he brings. And because he is with us comes all the resources needed to help. His grace 
his presence, his peace, and all that he brings. It's so powerful. So no matter what is being faced this week in your own life, it's a reminder that God is with you. He is near you. And, he, and with that, he brings his gentleness. The last part looking at this morning is self-control. And the gentleness we talked about relates to this one, self-control. How are you going with self-control in your life? It can be described as a strength of mind or temperance. When life is full on, when people are difficult, when times are frustrating, do we show self-control? It's difficult at times, isn't it? In our relationships, to keep our call and show respect when people are frustrating us. In our personal life, to show moderation, to not act on impulse, and to not give in to sinful desires. And we've seen it throughout history in the world today, maybe even in our own lives at times, the outcomes when people don't show self-control. In Proverbs, Proverbs 25 to 28, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. But we can take great encouragement, though, because God is producing self-control in us as we abide in him. A strength of mind. If this is something that we struggle in at times, we can ask for his help. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. Or sound mind or self-control in some translations. The Amplified Bible talks about sound judgment and personal disciplines, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. And this is what he has given us. And this is what he is bringing about in us. Sometimes we can be gripped by fear. We can be overcome with doubt. And self-control or strength of mind can seem so far away. But we've not been given a spirit of fear. But we've been given power, love and self-control. Let him renew our mind. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So as we abide with our Heavenly Father, let him transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So as I come to a close today, I encourage you that the good news is that this fruit that we've been talking about this morning, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control, is possible through his grace. It's something that he is producing in and through us. So which one of these do you need access to? Receiving your own life or flowing out to those around? I encourage you, if there's one in particular or more, to ask, because he's producing this in and through us. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And I especially want to remind you about his faithfulness today. If there's one or more that you're struggling in, 
just want to encourage you how good and faithful that God is. You know, he's not finished with you yet. He's not finished with any of us yet. And he's still producing that good work within us. Amen. And to continue to look to him and to abide in him. Just going to finish with the scripture we started with in John 15 verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So as I hand over to the band, I'm just going to um, close in prayer. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful fruit that you are producing in our lives. It's not for our own efforts, but it's through your wonderful grace. We are needing any of this this week. We thank you, Father, that you are at work in and through our lives. And thank you for how good and faithful that you are. Thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.